Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello! Normally, this is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we would talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, but due to the pandemic, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching here at home. And on this episode, we're talking about The King of Staten Island, directed by Judd Apatow and starring Pete Davidson. The IMDb plot summary reads... Scott has been a case of arrested development since his firefighter dad died. He spends his days smoking weed and dreaming of being a tattoo artist until events force him to grapple with his grief and take his first steps forward in life. This movie has a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. And under normal circumstances, this would have been a traditional theatrical release like the rest of Apatow's movies. Uh, But instead, this premiered on Video On Demand as a $20 rental. So that's that's how you and I saw it. That is true. This is the first time I've spent twenty dollars for uh, a movie in a long time. Well, to to rent a movie, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to spend like twenty bucks and then you own it, but like you spend twenty bucks here and then you forty eight hours later it's gone. So if you want to see it again, you got to buy it again. But then you can see it many times in the forty eight hours. So you can get your fill in versus just going to the movie theater and just seeing it once and then leaving. Well, you could see it approximately like 20 times, I yeah. guess, in the 48 hours. Because this is, I mean, this is a nearly two and a half hour long oh movie. Oh my God, so long. Like the rest of Apatow's movies, this, this one goes long. All of his movies now are like over two hours. It, it's nuts. Um, so, But yeah, um, out of all the studios, Universal has been the most aggressive about putting their movies out on what they're calling like premium VOD, you know, rather than wait for theaters to reopen. Well, they got in a, a hot spot with, um, with the, the theaters. Tr- the Trolls sequel. Yeah. Well, yeah, they bypassed theaters for that. They stuck to their release date. They just put it out on demand. And apparently, you know, it did well. And they're like, hey, we're going to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. And theater owners did not like that. Well, um, yeah, now there's a boycott for all Universal films. Or did they fix it? I mean, I think discussions are fluid i don't think there's any like hard ban universal is a major studio yeah you know the stuff That's like probably said in anger you're like ah. sure look stuff like fast and the furious they're gonna make sure that that's playing in theaters yeah they i mean stuff like that is gonna be in theaters you know like their jurassic park movies all the big budget stuff is gonna stick in theaters uh but it makes sense to do something like trolls and this judd apatow comedy you know universal they've been wanting to do this experiment for a long time uh, to kind of experiment with collapsing the theatrical windows. And the pandemic has given them a great reason to try, try to well, kind of force their hand. Well, yeah, it's kind of, well, it's given them a great reason, but it's also kind of saying to theaters, be like, you know what, we're going to try this. And if it works, it works. Like, yeah. this is going to be our, our mode of going forward. Because I, me personally, I think it's the future. I, I think theaters are dying. Well, the theater experience is dying. I will. <laughs> And, and we, we, we debate this a lot I don't know in if it's, our house. I don't know if it's dying. I mean, sometimes it feels like it's dying when you see like 20 superhero movies in a single year. But uh, for certain movies, certain tentpole, you know, all audience, like mega releases, theaters are necessary. Well, yeah, that's the only way that they'd make their money back. For me, that's... that's It's a crucial source well, of revenue. But for me, that's fine. Because when you go to the movies at that point, it's an experience. It's something like that. But like anything that's not superhero, that's not Fast and the Furious, that's not any of those things, like your romantic comedies, all of these things, they're going to be done on video on demand. Which sucks. I think theaters shouldn't just be about the mega experience. 
you know, you can have like more personal, smaller scale experiences still in a dark theater. But it's, but, still, it's still transporting. But theaters really don't. I mean, studios really don't make those, you know, $50 million comedies anymore. It's, it's advertising. You know, yeah. by Universal going straight to video on demand here, they save a, a, a whole shit ton on advertising. It, it costs, I mean, at, at least like $30 million yeah. to successfully market a wide release movie across the country. You're spending tens of millions to yeah. do that. I would have liked to see this in a theater. I think under normal circumstances, we would have gone to the theater and seen this. But, you know, the reason this movie, it has our money is because of Judd Apatow. Like, if this was like a yeah. Pete Davidson movie directed by someone like Joe Swamberg, and it was like a low-budget mumblecore drama, it wouldn't be on my radar. Like, we wouldn't spend $20 to watch this. No. But Judd is a major filmmaker who usually delivers. You know, let's let's talk about Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson because they are the major driving forces of this I'm project. I'm a big Pete Davidson fan. I think he's whiny, and I think he's he's annoying. He talks way too much. I, I just I feel <laughs> I feel like he he's entitled. I feel like there is a, a, a sense of entitlement that he has. Because he's such a jackass. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just, I, I he rubs well, me the wrong way. Well, you and I, we really, we're only familiar with him through Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Which is where we see him. And, yeah, that's not, yeah, it's, I, I struggle to see, like, whatever his appeal is on SNL. But I struggle but he, to he does see stand up. what I, his I, appeal is. You, he's, he, he, he dates a lot of the hot women. I mean, Ariana Grande, he was engaged to her. Yeah. Kate Black and, uh, Beckinsale, he was with her. I'm like... Sure. What What is the appeal? But there's There's got to be something. There's I've I've tried to figure it out. And well, I think it's the size of his dangling. What Did Ariana, like, make a song about that or something? Like, she put, like, those in the lyrics? Like well, singing about that, that, like an ex's that's the only dick. thing that makes sense. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I can't speak to that. And he does stand up. I mean, I, I think he's better regarded for his stand up than he is for his uh, SNL sketches. But yeah, I. But for... his stand up is depressing. It's <sighs> all about him being depressed and suicidal and making a joke out of it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm right. Yeah, he's he's clearly an acquired taste, and it, it's just it's interesting that. Uh, he's a very unlikely candidate to have like a two and a half hour major studio movie built around him. <laughs> it, it's surprising. In a number one, I yeah. heard that he was like collaborating on a movie with Judd Apatow. It, it threw me because for a while I just I thought he was going to get fired off of SNL. <laughs> I figured his days were numbered on SNL because yeah. SNL has like a high turnover rate, notoriously high turnover rate. I'm like he's he's not funny. He's going to be gone. But no, he's. He's there, and he's he, making movies, and he's he's dating pop stars. Yeah, I've underestimated Pete Davidson <laughs> clearly. What I'm saying. In life, like, yes. I just don't know what the the appeal is. I mean, this movie clearly Judd Apatow found something. He found like some sort of muse. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> this movie isn't. It's better than I thought it was going to be. We'll get into it. Let's before we talk about this movie. Let, let's also just mention uh, Judd Apatow because he's he's the reason that I was interested in this. You know, sight unseen. It's Judd Apatow's next movie. I'm down. The last movie we saw of his it was Trainwreck with Amy yeah. Schumer. It was a similar deal with that. Just taking like a comic persona, building a story around him or her, and making it like a major motion picture vehicle for this persona. He did it also with Seth Rogen. Yeah, kind of built a movie around his persona and knocked up. So this is kind of what he does. He kind of just like shapes like kind of rambling two hour movies around 
comics persona. <laughs> well, Trainwreck was great. I mean, I mean, it was. It was. I think funny. it holds up. It, it's funny. Yeah, I, I rewatch mean, I could it. Watch it again. I mean, I'm. You know, it's, it's Amy a good Schumer movie. is hit or miss, but that's her best movie. You need a filmmaker of Judd Apatow's caliber to to work with her to bring the best out yeah. of any performer. That's what you need. So, but yeah, Trainwreck worked. Most of Judd Apatow's movies work. What about Judd Apatow bringing in his daughter? Yeah, um, I mean, there, you couldn't bring well, usually, in any any other struggling actress out there. Apparently, she auditioned. She didn't just want it handed to her. I, I heard that she auditioned for this, but I mean, come on, <sighs> come on, yeah, Daddy's gonna give it to yeah. you. But no, he works with his family. He's worked with Leslie Mann. I mean, in the movie Funny People, he's got both of his daughters plus Leslie Mann in there. He typically makes it like a family affair. Clearly, <laughs> I mean, he, he keeps I, it close to I home. Mean, uh, you know, I, I respect Mann, that. I, I like her. I mean, she's she's funny. She's funny. Sure. Maude Apatow, she um she she plays Pete Davidson's sister in this, and it's a fairly substantial role. Yeah. She has, a, I mean, a lot of lines, a fair amount of screen time, and she uh, like she's going off to college in like the opening scenes. And yeah, I I agree. Like, there's there was probably a better actress for this role. Bring you know the elevator button down. I mean, you and have like, bring somebody else up in the spotlight. I mean, you have like the top Hollywood casting directors casting your movie. You can open up your your yeah. search field a little bit. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, his daughter was in Girls. I mean, that was another one that was he That's produced. Produced, produced by Apatow, Yeah, that was just a disgusting show. I I stopped after the first episode. I mean, I don't th- I don't think Judd Apatow cares. <laughs> but yeah, I you know this movie it's just, it's built around Pete Davidson. He's you know he's like a, a live at home uh, live with his mom pot smoking tattoo artist and he's dating. And he's hanging out with his friends. And then his mom starts dating. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the movie. <laughs> it's kind of, I'll tell you what, I got like some Eight Mile vibes yeah. off of this movie. I don't know about you, but like the Eminem well, movie, Eight Mile. Like if, well, yeah, because like, I mean, if Eminem wanted to, up and... if Eminem wanted to be a tattoo artist instead of, you know, a, a, a mic of free. Instead of a rapper? <laughs> that's it. Instead, yeah, instead of a rapper. <laughs> Well, he's still like freestyle, like rap jams yeah. in that movie. Yeah, if he was into like tattooing rather than rapping, this is this is kind of like Eight Mile. It's just him shambling around Staten Island. It has a naturalistic vibe. This isn't like broad comedy. The comedy is almost completely stripped out here. It is a more serious Greenberg esque comedy. Not not quite as like uncomfortable no. as Greenberg. Greenberg's a better film. But let's yeah, just broadly speaking, like what what did you think of this film? It was actually better than I thought it was going to be. Sure, but it was too long. When you hear two and a half hour movie starring With Pete, Pete Davidson, Davidson. Uh, yeah, your expectations are not high. <laughs> Even if it's directed by Martin Scorsese, it's like mm, I don't know if I was asking for this. <laughs> it it's it was too long, and I mean honestly, there was really no diversity in his friends, his group of friends. One. Um, well, you know. And the the diversity is also, like, supporting characters. Pete Davidson is white, so, I mean, his immediate family is going to be white. Most of Judd Apatow's movies are fairly white. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that is what it is. He's a white man. 
That's why you need, you know, like Jordan Peele or Ava DuVernay to make movies with people well, of color. It, but Judd Apatow can't do the same shtick over and over and over again. He's going to have to get out of his comfort zone. Well, I agree. This is like he's definitely like treading the same material over. It's really just like like a person in like their 20s or like early 30s who can't get their shit together. Yeah. And then over the course of this two hour film, they gradually get their shit together. <laughs> I was just annoyed. Usually his movies are, are front-loaded with more laugh-out-loud comedy. Yeah. He usually pushes the comedy harder than he does here. This movie is going for... This is more serious. Well, this movie, before you even get the title, this movie opens with uh, like a suicide attempt yeah. by Pete Davidson. So right off the bat, this movie's priorities, like first and foremost, aren't making you chuckle. No. Like this is going for something else. And and that that's okay. It's just, it's a little long. There, there was only one laugh out loud moment for me. There's a, I mean, for the movie, me, the movie's funny throughout. I mean, there's, there's humor, there's humorous moments throughout. It's just, it's not laugh out loud. No. Like you would typically think with Judd Apatow, something like knocked up where you're laughing out loud pretty much every scene. Yeah. Th- that's mean, not this. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I feel like maybe his stuff on SNL is more funny. Well, SNL is a comedy sketch show. I mean, here he here he's playing like a like a himself basically. It, it's semi autobiographical because yeah, here in this he's grappling with his dad's <clears throat> death. His dad was a, a firefighter, and in real life we know that Pete Davidson's dad he was a first responder during nine eleven. Yeah, uh, and he, d- he during died. Which he died. Yeah. So and Pete Davidson has made jokes about that on SNL. He cracks up about it, but clearly there's some pain there. I mean, that's really what this movie's exploring. Pete Davidson coming to terms with who his dad was, coming to terms with his grief, yep. and uh, just working through it, and just processing it, and growing up. I mean, that's that's what the, this movie's arc is. And um, as it is, it's pretty effective, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where it's, where it's going into, you know, now, nowadays it feels like we have like a newfound respect for uh, first responders, people on the front lines, and this movie uh, pays a lot of respect to them. Yes, it does. And a lot of this movie, a lot of the character arc is Pete Davidson uh, feeling well, that feeling that respect for his dad. Well, the respect for his dad, but also the sacrifice of the family, you know, yeah, goes this, through too. I mean, it's definitely a... Like the movie's theme is kind of a sacrifice. Struggle. Yeah. It works better as like a drama character study than it does as like a... A comedy. Like, yeah, like a knee slap and romp. So yeah, so overall you were you were pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised by it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like where would you put this in like the Judd Apatow filmography? Is this like rock bottom? I wouldn't say it's rock bottom. I, I would say maybe in the middle. Well, for me, I, I would put this above like this is forty. I think this is forty for me is like rock bottom. See, I like this is forty. What's rock bottom Judd Apatow for you? You got forty year old virgin. You got knocked up. Funny people. Trainwreck, This is 40. I mean, all good movies. Exactly. I, yeah, he doesn't really make bad movies. He, he usually delivers. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's why that we're talking about it. That, you know, this movie's at the bottom. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you put like, this at the bottom <laughs> yeah, of his, it's not his repertoire. Like sure. His, it's not his best. It's not his best. It, it's, he, he has And this, I feel bad for had, saying that, but. Well, no, I mean, just the fact that you enjoyed it you know to any degree is good but yeah there's there's so many scenes where like they just they kind of just meander on 
and they just keep like going and going like way past the point where like they've served their dramatic function for the movie <laughs> and it, there's just a whole lot of scenes that could use some trimming up yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that probably could have gotten cut from the movie. That's a typical Judd Apatow thing. Like, he, he just, he can't wrangle it under two hours. Even though his movies, I mean, they all follow, like, a very predictable trajectory. Like, you know where they're going. They slowly just kind of, like, wander their way into a happy ending. <laughs> and it, you got to have patience, I guess. So, like, you got to just settle in. Like, okay, that's going to take a while. But why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we'll get into spoilers for The King of Staten Island. All right, we're back, and we're going to get into some spoilers for The King of Staten Island. Uh, and, you know, plot-wise, there aren't really any, like, big twists no, going on. he's an asshole, treats his family like crap, he's he's in a dark place. He looks unhealthy Very in unhealthy. This movie. Bags under his <laughs> eyes. I mean, he, he has a lot of issues. <laughs> I will say, I was, he's a surprisingly credible leading man. In this movie. Well, in this movie, he's playing himself. Of course he's, he's going to I guess that's why, again, I get, like, kind of the eight-mile vibes. Yeah. Like, you know, Marshall Mathers isn't going to be, like, you know, a dramatic actor who can, you know, escape into any character. But in Eight Mile, he was a totally functional, dramatic yeah. lead. And that's, that's kind of the role that Pete Davidson fills. Like, I don't know if I would want to watch him... For two hours. Doing something else. Like no. pl- playing like a quirky character. Oh, God. <laughs> like, like putting on like a top hat, like doing a Johnny No, the, remember the quirky character he played in um, Taraji, What Men oh, Want? Oh, yeah, he was in, yeah, What Men Want. He had a, he had a small role. Still right? over the top. That's right, yeah. He does. He has a little filmography going. Um, still a huge leap for yeah. this film. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, that that's that was one of the pleasant surprises. Like he he held it down because he's I guess dramatically uh, he was just compelling to watch. And in this movie, so you know he's still living at home with his mom, played by Marissa Tomei, yeah. the great Marissa Tomei, and sister just went off to college. Yeah, and the mom starts dating, and Pete is not happy with it. And she's dating Bill Burr. Yeah, he plays a a, a firefighter who knew. Pete's dad. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so much of this movie, it's just about, like, the push-pull between Pete Davidson and Bill Burr. Yeah. Right? Well, they get into, well, like, a huge fight. Yeah, they get like into a, a like huge Like a physical fight, fight. And the mother just kicks them both out. Like, Bill Burr, like, tosses him into a pool. Yep. To, like, cool him down. <laughs> and, yeah, Marissa Tomei comes, uh, like, breaks it up, and she's like, you're both out of here. And, like, she was, like, threatening to kind of kick Pete out before. Because, like, I mean, she's... I mean, Pete's like, he's 24 in this. Yeah. And like, she's got a romance going. She wants her own space. It's like, get out of here, son. <laughs> well, you know, and he's been kind of embarrassing her and just <sighs> does what he wants to do with no regard for her or her happiness. Yeah, he's not. He's very selfish he's not in a, this movie. Yeah. At the start, like many Judd Apatow protagonists, he's he's not that likable. He, no. He's kind of he's kind of an ass. <laughs> Definitely, like, not as likable as, like, a Seth Rogen, I guess. <laughs> like, Seth Rogen was more likable in his, like, shenanigans. Pete Davidson is, um, it's, a, like, a darker vibe. <laughs> it's, there's, like, a more edge, more edge to it. It's definitely a darker vibe. A darker vibe than, like, yeah. a Seth Rogen just, like, screwing around. Because, it, like, similar, similar life paths. Like, in Knocked Up, Seth Rogen, he's just hanging out with his buds, yeah. smoking weed, they're working on this website. He barely has any ambitions. And it's the same deal here, but it's, yeah, this is just way, feels way more dramatic. 
and yes. just way more of like a, an edge to it. And I guess part of that is like, you know, opening your movie with a suicide attempt. I mean, there you go. That, that starts on like a sobering tone. <laughs> like, no matter how many like bong rips you follow it up with. So, yeah, yeah, the, the M.O. here is clearly more dramatic, and it, it gets more dramatic in the back half when Pete and Bill Burr, like, Pete, he's pretty much homeless, and he tries, like, living with his girlfriend, and, like, she won't have it, like, she's fed up with him, and so he ends up with staying at the firehouse with Bill Burr. Yeah. This is probably, like, the best section of the movie. Where yeah, you, we we is- get a lot of dramatic, good dramatic moments and some, you know, good comedic moments. You see Pete Davidson just hosed. Getting hosed. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Repeatedly. Like, he gets water yeah. dumped on him a couple times, and then they just open the hose on him, and he goes flying across yeah, the he, room. Yeah, he gets, like, hazed pretty badly. It's funny. That's, like, the only real moment of, like, physical comedy yeah. in this movie, in this Judd Apatow movie. And I guess kind of like a, a touching stretch of the film is when Bill Burr, he offers to let Pete test out his tattoo artistry on his back. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this goes on for a while. Like, it's like a montage. And Well, there's a bunch of different little tattoos that are eventually on his back. I wish... For a while, we don't see it. No. Until Marissa Tomei is like, what, what the hell's on your back? And then we finally see <laughs> And there's... I, I wish it was because we know that he's a good artist. We see that he's a, a fantastic, you know, drawer when we see one of his drawings. He, he befriends a kid. There's, Who he tattoos. There's a whole kid yeah. subplot. You know. Uh, yeah. And a whole like <laughs> pharmacy robbery subplot. These things can be cut. This pharmacy robbery. What is it? Do We don't need to see what happens to his homies. <laughs> We don't need to see them in jail. He like there don't need to be visitation scenes. Yeah, cut this. Get wrangle this under two hours. Yeah, Judd, please. But yeah, I know. I what I was saying was I wish that you know the tattoo was actually good. That would have been more gratifying to me if it was like what the son had, like what he drew for the son, his son Harold, and the Flash, and and maybe putting that on his dad's back. That would have been more gratifying to me. Yeah, his son is, like, uh, talking about this superhero that he's created called, yeah. like, Ice Flash. Yeah. Like, Frost Man. Because Pete Davidson, for some reason, has to walk... Um, it's real dumb. This stupid stuff. His kids to school every day. Or, uh, the, Bill what, Burr Bill asked, has, asked him to yeah. walk his ex-wife's kids. Like, go well, to his, go his, to his ex- ex-wife's house yeah. to walk their kids to yeah. school. It's... It makes why can't the why can't the ex-wife do it? Yeah, I don't know. That must have been explained, and we missed it. Yeah, but it's dumb, and it, it pads this movie out. But yeah, once this kid mentions a superhero that he created, Pete, you know, he kind of makes this sketch of uh, it's called know, the Flash of a, yeah of a superhero, yeah. you know, shooting ice particles out, and uh, you know, Bill Burr is blown away by this. <laughs> it's like, He's like, oh, wow, yeah. he really never, does have talent. Never seen anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I wish we would have. They would have put that on his back instead. Sure, I mean he can't tattoo the kid. He can't put the tattoo on the kid, even though like he tried. He tried. That's what kicked this whole thing off. Yeah. You know, I guess by the end he. Um, I mean, he becomes like a, a bet, like less of an asshole. A less of an asshole. And so yeah, it's yeah, it's a, a happy ending, and yeah, you know, two two and a half hours later, credits. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Yeah, pleasantly surprised by Pete Davidson. And yeah, overall, this this is a, a solid film. I think most of Judd Apatow's movies work. If nothing else, they work as date movies. Yeah. I think, like, Knocked Up is the type of movie where, like, 
You know, I think it's an obvious date movie. I think. Well, I think most girls would look at like the poster for Knocked Up and be like, "I don't want to see this." Yeah. But then when they actually see it, they they usually enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's even handed. His movies are balanced, and they he gives a little to both. Yeah, he's not just playing to like one side. Judd's a a smart enough filmmaker to to see both sides yeah. of, a, of a situation. And um, so yeah, this is a, another solid Judd Apatow movie. I would how, say. How would you rate it? I'll give it like a B. Yeah, I'd give it a B minus. Sure. Just because it's too long. There's yeah, there's parts of it that are better than that. They're better than a B. But yeah, it's it's just, it's too long. It, like this is what an editor is for. <laughs> this is what a film do editor you, is do for. Do you think you know directors and the studios want the films to be longer because? No, studio always wants it shorter because you can play it more times during the day. Mm. If we're talking about a theatrical movie, I mean, yeah. if for video on demand, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'll, like, I mean, but this movie, like, this movie is longer than Star Wars. I mean, this is <laughs> this is unreal how long this is. So, like, I think this is a good date movie. Is I do it, too. I'm glad that this movie worked out. I mean, for twenty bucks, like, I don't want to be disappointed. I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that this was put out on, on video on demand because we we do need some entertainment during these times. Like theaters are shut down. It is weird being in a summer with no new movies. I will say it's that refre- is weird. It's refreshing to see a new movie. Um, yeah. You, you. I mean, even though. W- yeah. We're watching films now that you know you've seen that I've seen, but we haven't seen them together or. They're we're in, catching up on some older stuff. We're catching up. We haven't seen them in such a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I nice miss to see original content. I miss new movies. I'll, I'll just, I'll say it. You know, I mean, even now, I, I, I wouldn't mind going to see SpongeBob. Heck, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, that, that's my like most anticipated <laughs> for 2020. Are you kidding? You got Tenet, you got Tenet, and then SpongeBob. Okay, just give me those two, yes. Tenet, Tenet, and SpongeBob, and then we're all good. Uh, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm grateful for anyone who's able to put out some new original content that's not like Trolls World Tour or yeah. crap like that. So this is, yeah, this was a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. That's The King of Staten Island, directed by Judd Apatow. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at dnmoviepodcast, and you can also email us at datenightmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya.